Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I'm Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our author today is Dr. Allison Archer, Assistant Professor of Leadership Studies. Her research interests include political communication, political psychology, and experimental methods. As a former journalist, she is interested in questions that are related to the media and politics. Dr. Archer is the author of a recent article in the Journal of Politics entitled, Political Advantage, Disadvantage, and the Demand for Partisan News. Allison, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write on this particular topic? Yeah, well, um, you know, broadly speaking, I've always been interested in the media. For a very long time, I wanted to be a reporter who covered politics. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to do that. I was the editor of even my elementary school newspaper, so my interest in the press goes back a long time. Um, But, you know, I worked for a couple years after grad school at CNN, and it was really exciting and interesting. Um, And, you know, while I was there, I remember thinking a lot about sort of what gets people interested in just watching news. And um, there's, of course, chatter about that, um, especially like online with these websites that are looking at cable news wars ratings and, you know, the wars that they're having and stuff like that. Um, So I was always interested in thinking about those types of questions in the back of my head. And then when I got to grad school, um, you know, I read a lot of political communication literature to figure out my dissertation topic. And I realized that we know a lot about media effects. So we know a lot about how, you know, the media can frame a certain issue in one way and then it affects public opinion or they can prime us to think about certain considerations over others um, as we evaluate maybe a a certain political leader or topic. Um, But we knew maybe less about what gets people to even consume that information in the first place. So I saw that as a a real opening for me to step in with my dissertation work and start to explore those types of questions that I was really already thinking about and had been thinking about for a long time. Um, Another thing I would say is I um, was really interested in literature in political science that also talked about how politics can actually affect us. So we, um, you know, of course, study a lot of how do voters, you know, choose the candidates they're going to vote for? How do they affect politics? How do they, what makes them participate or what makes them give money maybe to a candidate? Um, But there's also been work that says, you know, what happens in politics can affect us. And so this paper is looking at how do presidential elections affect our news consumption patterns? And I thought that was just like a really interesting perspective to take on doing research in political communication. Well, thanks for sharing your story. And it's, um, it's so relevant for today, <laughs> today's news. Well, how can the University of Richmond community use this article to better understand the state of politics since the 2016 presidential election? Yeah, so um, it's been cool to see, you know, since November 2016, Um, sort of the ratings against, you know, CNN versus MSNBC versus Fox News um, kind of play out in a way that is um, aligning with my results from this paper. So overall, what I find is that, you know, media outlets in the paper um, that are affiliated with the party that actually loses the presidential election tend to see these boosts in demand as compared to media affiliated with the party that wins the presidential election. And so to make that a little bit less abstract, like today, we've seen um, media affiliated with Democrats who lost the 2016 election see a lot of boost in their demand. So 
since you know the first quarter of 2017, so right after Trump was in office, to the first quarter of 2018, MSNBC saw you know their ratings increase by like 30 something percent, um, whereas Fox News and CNN actually saw decreases in their ratings. Um, so this all sort of speaks to this idea of like the losing parties, you know, in this case, cable news outlet is um, you know doing a lot better than the the party that won and. Um, and, you know, you also see that in, um, like, Stephen Colbert's ratings going up, where people look at podcasts like Pod Save America, and they're, you know, doing really well, and that sort of falls in line with, with what I found in my paper, um, or at least I can sort of explain that, um, one piece of that with, with my results. Um, and really, that sort of, those patterns have been happening for a long time, um, which is what my, my paper looks at. Um, and then I think, you know, there are important downstream effects for, increased news demand. So I've seen some political strategists um, write about how if you're watching like Rachel Maddow more now than you would have before, um, that also tunes you into knowing about special elections like Doug Jones or um, Beto O'Rourke, you know, his upcoming, you know, that upcoming race in Texas and how that can have downstream effects for maybe um, political fundraising and how those candidates have seen a lot of money come in um, online and maybe part of the reason for that is because of Rachel Maddow giving them a lot of attention. So there's potential downstream effects too um, that are really important for politics today. Thank you. And how would you envision undergraduate students here at the university and across the nation using this article for their study and research? Yeah, so I teach in the leadership school. So um, one thing that I think this work and really work thinking about the media can speak to is this question of like accountability of political leaders and, um, you know, people who are journalists often talk about how it's their job to hold leaders accountable, um, especially politicians, to give people information that they need to make, um, you know, the right decision at the voting booth or at least an informed decision. And um, so I think these, this question of like, well, who's paying attention to news and when are they paying attention to news can help us better understand sort of um, this idea of monitoring our leaders. And it opens up a really interesting conversation um, with students. The other thing I would say is, um, you know, in the paper, I take a really historical view, um, looking at news demand in, for local partisan affiliated newspapers across time, like almost a century. I look from the 1930s up until the 2000s. And so I think um, I would hope that students would maybe see this and think, hey, I can learn a lot from taking a historical perspective. And what's happened in the past can really speak to present day um, patterns that we observe. So my hope is those are two, two things that students can take away from this. Very good. I hope they discover it. <laughs> and thinking uh, more about our students here at the University of Richmond, uh, how do you anticipate students assisting you with future research on political communication? So there's a lot of, um, of course, I'm biased, but I think really exciting research um, to be done in political communication and exciting stuff happening. Um, I just started a project looking at the nature of um, political leaders' attacks on the press, um, and eventually I'll look at the effects of that too. So this summer I had an undergrad for my um, Leadership 102 class in the spring help me just code Trump's tweets, actually looking at um, how often he attacks the press, how often he uses certain phrases like fake news or crooked media. Um, so looking at the frequency of that and other themes that pop up, just to get an idea of like what's going on here, <laughs> how often is this happening and when and why maybe. 
Um, so yeah, I had a, an undergrad help me with that. In the past, I've had undergrads help um, collect data on like newspaper coverage. So I did a paper with a co-author at Vanderbilt and we looked at um, the effect of what happens when like a media ownership changes, uh, news outlet changes. So we looked at Rupert Murdoch as a case study when he bought the Wall Street Journal. And for that project, we had students like go in and extract the headlines from front page news stories and um, code them for different topics and themes. And so that was really helpful for us to be able to do that analysis and, and figure out what was going on there, what was the effect. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a fascinating experience <laughs> for them. <laughs> and our last question, what kinds of information or library resources did you use in writing this article? So the library helped me a lot. Um, I did the bulk of the data collection in um, grad school. So I was at Vanderbilt and the library helped me with um, not only just, you know, resourcing or accessing um, different articles and, and that, but they also helped me find through interlibrary loan these things called the Editor and Publisher International Yearbooks. And so um, I guess you're familiar with them. These books um, were crucial for my data collection because they're basically for advertisers, but within them they list all the, the newspapers in the country and they have like the masthead and all the editorial information, but then they also have the partisan affiliation of the paper and their circulations. And so those two pieces of information were really crucial for my um, article. And so Unfortunately, they weren't all just located in the Vanderbilt Library. Um, they had a lot, but they also helped me figure out where are these other um, years, yearbooks, and um, how I could get them. And at one point, I was close to the Duke and UNC libraries, and so I drove over and like looked at all of those um, yearbooks that I needed. And so there was, you know, libraries across the country helping me out and <laughs> getting this these data that I needed. Yeah, that's great. Thank you again for sharing. Thank you, Dr. Archer. Please note that the Journal of Politics is available full text online on the Boatwright Library website. Thank you for listening to podcasts at Boatwright. Your host was Lucretia McCauley. Editing and production was performed by Andy Morton. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit us on the web at library.richmond.edu.